se va elevando. Ábrame la puerta porque me voy. Adiós, dice esa bola. Gigante el batazo de Luri. Se van arriba los Reyes. I don't know what he said, but it sounds beautiful. Oh, Jesus. Welcome to War of the Bay. I'm Kyle. I'm Nick. I wish this is one of those few times that I wish I understood Spanish so I can, under, so I can know. It took me like, what, nine times of listening to it? Uh, yeah, what the listeners didn't hear is Nick and I going through this like 10 times before the podcast. Like, okay, what is he saying? Like, <laughs> phonetically, <laughs> what's going on? Um, joined on the, the podcast today, uh, if you are a follower, follower of me on Twitter, uh, or if you're at least a Twitter person, uh, you know this guy. He's very big in, into Lightning Twitter, and in, as well as uh, Ray's Twitter. I don't know. I, I'll have to ask him. I don't know if he's got uh, anything else going on. May, uh, I believe he's done some writing. Uh, you're going to have to confirm. But uh, Geo Fitz, at Geo Fitz 4, joins us today on the podcast. Welcome, sir. Hello, hello. Yeah. That's on me for Glad not doing to... research. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I've over the years I've been, you know, Ray's Bucks, Lightning, USF Bulls fan, a little bit of everything. Are you from the area? You got yeah, good up, tastes. Yeah, I grew up in Lakeland. Okay. Um, yeah, actually, it was. Uh, I went to Lake Gibson, and it was actually um, Matt Grothy when he went to USF. That's what really got me interested in the Bulls because he was my high school football, um, football quarterback. So really? Oh no yeah. Sure. No way. Yeah, it was like he was like a year behind me. What year did he graduate? Like oh uh, five. Oh five. No way. Really? Yeah. yeah. And then he <laughs> right there with us, man. And, right there with us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I graduated in '04. He re- he redshirted '06, and then was a you know, three and a half year starter. He what, blew what, out his ACL. What uh, <laughs> what was your football team like when he was on the the team? Oh, really good. We really? went to um, yeah. Well, it was really my freshman year. So before my freshman year, the team had been to the playoffs like twice in twenty one years, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and like. Both of those were back in like the first five, you know, five years of the school. Um, but so we, we started getting good my freshman year. Um, but it was really my junior and senior year when when he started as the quarterback that we started getting good. And we ended up going to the state championships my senior year. Again, lost to Armwood. Armwood. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Fucking Armwood. <laughs> Everyone and then, Armwood. Yeah. And then uh, year after I graduated, they went back to the state championships again and lost to fucking Armwood. A friend of mine and Nick's went to, I think he went to either Armwood or Lakewood, something like that. Uh, and he said that watching those two teams was like watching college football. It's like watching a professional team play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were they were good teams. And we had, we had like, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Jason Watkins. He ended up going on playing oh, yeah. uh, uh, tackle for the Gators, uh, mostly a right tackle. He, I think he was a starter for two, at least two or three years. Um, never made it to the NFL, but like we we had a couple guys that ended up playing you know D one or one A you know football off of those teams. Nick, we had Chris Bench <laughs> and yeah. Jarrell Lamb. Um, no, well, actually, our our starting varsity quarterback when we were both uh, freshmen was. Javon Harris and he went on to quarterback Iowa. Yeah, our big our, our mm. big guy like that came out of Northeast High School was Doug Wechter, who now does the post game for the Rays. Yes. So. Yep. <laughs> Suck on that, Lakewood. It, did you, think you know uh, Joey Fabrizio got fired from coaching? Joe, who was jo- Joey Fabrizio? 
Name sound familiar? Yeah, it does. Because his dad was the head coach of Seminole when we went there, and he was the star player. And then when he graduated high school, he, I guess, tried pro football or or semi-professional and ended up coming back and being their head coach. Interesting. Just to get fired. I, I just, but I like Gio. Like he has Matt Grothy as the uh, quarterback for his school, and it's it, just by virtue of having the best player to maybe ever come across that school, they made they go to state championship. Like, yep. oh, it's it's ridiculous how impactful one player's athletic ability is in high school sports. Yeah, and he barely well, made then, a dent in college. Well, no, I mean, like, well, even still, you look at what he did to to the USF program. I mean, they ended up making it to you know rank number two at one point you know of course they ended up losing like four or five games in a row after that yeah i remember being like this is the moment and then they just fucking that was horrible yeah but i mean you know he was a guy that you know like he you know you want to personify a winner that's what he was you know he he never gave up he never you know would never give up on a play which you know sometimes got him into the into some trouble but you know he always had that just that will yeah but he just always had that will, and I think he really drug USF, you know, further along than maybe they deserved to be yeah. with the talent that they had playing in the Big East. That West Virginia game, oh my God, I'll never forget that West Virginia mm-hmm. game. Jesus Christ! And then the and yeah. then the subsequent Rutgers game that fucked us. <laughs> that fucking mm-hmm. Rutgers was that a Shiano Rutgers? It might have been a Shiano Rutgers. Yeah, it was. Oh, Shiano! <laughs> Definitely was. I knew there's a reason we hated him. See, that's why Pulowski hates him because Pulowski's such a huge Bucks or he's such a huge USF fan. So he remembers Shiano from the days of uh, Rutgers and the stupid yeah. fake uh, field goals, bastard, son of a bitch, pulling that yeah. stuff off before he could in, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? He isn't he? He's got he's got a USC job, right? Doesn't he? I don't know. He's like a defensive uh, coordinator for some big some big school. Oh, this is where Google Google comes in handy. Oh man, that See, ju- it like just happened. Like this, I think it was this off season. Fitz, that's that 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 concept does not bridge here on Word of the Bay. What's that? <laughs> that Google. Oh, yeah, we Google oh, he's on with the fly Ohio here. State. Ohio State. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeesh. Good for Ohio State. I, I didn't. I did not know. I thought he was a commentator on uh, ESPN. Yeah, that's that's what he did last year. Well, actually, the last ah. two years, I guess. Wait, he was he was the defensive coordinator last year for Ohio State? No, no, no. This is just this year. Okay. He, he was just hired. Ooh. Anthony says, Anthony Strike Twice TB says, you want to feel old that USF uh, WVU uh, game, or the USF West Virginia game was 2007. Jeez. Yep. <sighs> All right. Almost 10 years yeah. ago. Yep, that was Grothy's. Uh, that would have been his redshirt freshman year. I remember seeing them number two on SportsCenter. I was like, you, you're goddamn right. No, that was his sophomore year. That was his second year. Yeah, they never, never got so. back. And then Jim Levitt punched a bunch of kids in the locker room. And <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what's he, he doing? Fiery guy. I think he's actually. I, I, that's that's. It. I can't imagine somebody likes him would not go on. Okay. Uh, like unemployed. <clears throat> Legit. No, the last time I heard it from him, he was like the defensive coordinator for one of those USFL teams. No, he uh, was like the Florida he was Tuskers. Like a linebacker coach for the 49ers a few years oh. ago. Hold on, Jim. Okay, hold on. If you guys had to guess, what what is what is Jim Levitt doing right now? Um, I think if I had college. to, yeah, I would have to say he's probably a coordinator of some sort in a in a smaller one, like the bowl subdivision. 
Jim Levitt is currently the defensive coordinator for the University of Colorado. Damn. Okay. That's well, it's a bigger school. That's a bigger school, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was like. That's kind of a victory. Hey, 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 hey. He's in the he's in the Pac twelve, right? I mean, are they? (laughs) The Pacific Twelve Conference. Is is there a Pacific Twelve? There apparently is, yeah. Well, would there would wouldn't there, wouldn't that make sense in college? It's the Pac-12. How many teams? There's like eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, how many years did like the Big Ten have not ten teams? Exactly. Oh, yeah, forever. <laughs> or the Big Twelve? I think the Big Twelve has ten teams right now. I don't. Think, I don't even keep track anymore. Dude, yeah. the uh, the 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 shifting tides of uh, college conferences. I just don't even bother myself learning them. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah, like I just I just pay attention to the bowls and that's it. Pretty so, much. Yeah. I, and I even mean, that hasn't been now the even best those of. are devalued. I'm not even in yeah. college football at all. If the bulls are like last last year I started paying attention to the bulls towards the end because they were doing well. And if they yeah. do well next year, I'll I'll certainly pay attention to them. But other than that, I'm not a real big college football guy. Yeah. Not real big on that. I don't know. I just don't have a team. Nick Nick chooses the Seminoles. Yeah, I've been following the Seminoles for quite some time. His wife chooses the Gators. Yep. Ooh. I once found a home with Miami, but I'm not really a big. You found a home because you found a hat. I found a hat, and it was a good deal. Yeah, that's no, no. Just stay away from Miami. Yeah. I'm okay with FSU. It's fine. I don't like the Gators. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Or the UCF Knights. I remember they, that, they was a, so that was a big weird. thing. I've never, I've never seen a team dive in that quickly and jump right back out to being of relevancy. Oh yeah. What's no, that? I mean, who? What? Who? What? 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 Where? Well, they went like what twelve and one or eleven and two, something like that. Something one, yeah, one you know, a, a bowl absurdly game, one a, good like that. Yeah, yeah, won a bowl game and then Bortles got drafted, and, <laughs> and then it was like bye talent. Yeah, and then they like they didn't do very well the next year, and then they were zero and twelve this year. Go UCF. Oh, I see. I see. That's yeah, right, I remember yeah. they were um, they were giving away free Uber rides until the team won a game, and they gave away free <laughs> Uber rides the whole goddamn season. Well, they're still somewhat in their infancy. Uh, is uh, eh. the, the Golden Knights? Eh. I don't know. No. Like no, they've going been around. Over, going overs takes some talent, and not in a good way. No, they've been around for a while. Yeah, it t- it takes some talent, not in a good way, uh, a la oh, yeah, our yeah. very own Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm just saying that that team is terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, no one's debating you here. So speaking of a of a oh Jesus Christ, we have we have Hussein Hassan Hassan here. Yeah, I saw this. What is this? I don't know. He's he's a gentleman who just decided to drop into our Mixler chat. And, uh, now he's he's. I see some Sanskrit language, or some, I don't know. He said, assalamu alaikum. So I said, salaikum salam. That's that's what you're supposed to say in return to that. But other than that, I don't know, sir. I don't know, sir. He's Kurdish. He's Kurdish. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Welcome. Welcome, Hassan. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Anyways, gentlemen, what should we get into first out of the three teams in the area? I, I, uh, Gio, you, do you have a preference? I'm up for whatever. He's up for whatever. I'm not going to. I'm not doing this again, Kyle. You, <laughs> you fucking pick. Yeah. Let's go with the lightning since Gio's here for the lightning. I think we can we right. can spend a lot of time on that. And yeah, I think that's that's looking like the first half. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the 
the the big team in the news right now is the Rays uh, uh, in terms of just like national news. Yeah. So we'll save that for maybe for for last, and then we'll we'll talk Bucks after maybe. we talk Lightning. <laughs> maybe we'll see what happens. And then I got a list for y'all. So. Ooh. Right. Oh. So I yeah. Like lists. How about how about them Lightning? How about them? Doing, just a big win, right? Big win. Yeah. I mean that's. I don't yeah, know. That was, no, that was a really nice win the other night. You know, getting six goals like that, and it was good to see you, know, Eric Condra. You get those two goals because that's not a guy that gets them very. Oh, that often. was the seventh and eighth of the season. So that was... I don't think it was. Was it even that many? I, I thought it was like his fourth and his fifth. <laughs> oh crap! Uh, I don't know. Let me look. I got the stats up here somewhere. Uh, yeah, that was his fourth and fifth of the year. Jeez, I thought I, I didn't know I was being that friendly. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and he's he doesn't, you know, he's a grinder. He's, you know, a bottom, you know, bottom six guy, going to help out on the penalty kill. You know, you just don't expect him to put, you know, put pucks away like that. And uh, actually I was looking it up. The last time he had had a multi-goal game was December of 2011. Ooh, that's a stretch and a half. Yeah, and to put it into perspective, too, around that time when he was playing with Ottawa, he was getting a lot of games in 15, 16 minutes. You know, with us, he's been getting, you know, nine, ten, maybe twelve minutes on a night when we're taking a bunch of pen- you know, penalties. You know, so he's, you know, he's not that guy, <laughs> you know, anymore that's going to score a lot of goals. But no, you know, and I thought it was, I thought it was actually really classy. Right at the end of the game, um, he got a shift with uh, Palat and Johnson in like the last minute and a half of the game. And, you know, it was clear that Cooper was trying to get him that third goal, and you know, he had probably two or three other chances throughout the night where he could have put a, you know, put a puck in the net and just didn't quite get there. It, do you really think that comes uh, across the conscience of a, a, a coach or maybe not even a coach Cooper? You think that comes across his radar? It's like, let's get him his hat trick. I think so. Yeah. Think yeah. So. Definitely. I mean, like, cause otherwise there's no reason to put him out there. I mean, you got Marchie up there, eh, you know, enough, yeah. and I mean, it's the end of the game. You're already up by three, you know, like the game's pretty much in the bag at that point, you know, you know, you know, they're not even pulling their goalie, you know? So yeah, I think, I think that is, you know, and there was, um, you know, there was a little bit in the interviews too, of, you know, just like, you know, how awesome it is for the rest of the guys to see, you know, a guy like Condra have a night like that, you know, where, you know, a guy that doesn't you know, get goals and you see him get two goals, like how excited they are for each other. And I think I think Marchie even said something about how um, you know him and him and Eric are are, are really good friends uh, off the ice, even though you know they've kind of been battling back and forth and you know taking each other's spot. In the I was lineup. about to say they'd be taking they're fighting for each other's minutes. Yeah, you know, so, and he said that you know they're like like you know Marchie said that Conjure's one of his best friends on the team. I was like, you know, that's that's pretty cool, and that you know that kind of tells you a little bit about you know what kind of locker room they've got going on there. You know that they've got. They've got a pretty good relationship, you know, between a lot of those guys. Mm. What, what what are you pondering over there, Kyle? No, I was just, <clears throat> I was. Uh, there's some goings on in the Mixler chat <laughs> that have been distracted by, but <laughs> yeah, getting getting cursed out by. Shut, no, uh, no, no, everything is fine, Nick. Everything is fine. How dare uh, you? I'm gonna take a picture of this and tweet it out later. <laughs> God damn it! You're, you've doomed us all. Oh well, <laughs> but um, all right. So I do have one. Yeah, I have sorry, a lightning I'm... question, and, and now that you Kyle has provided us a 
another lightning voice. And sorry, Kyle, but you you said this yourself. <laughs> What's that? No, yeah, hockey's not my. I told I I texted Nick before the podcast. I'm like, Gio's gonna come on and talk hockey circles around me because I you know hockey's not my strongest sport. I I pay attention to it and as as much as I can. But I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit it's not my strongest sport. So I, I try to keep up where I can. But I will defer to those who know more than I do. You know, I would, it, you know, it's it's hard it's hard to concentrate on you know more than one you know sport in depth. Yeah, yeah, especially. Oh Jesus Christ! What's hold on a second? Stand by. Uh oh, what'd you do? Hang on. Maybe he's having dog problems. No, it's uh. The uh, the other half turned on the the Bluetooth speaker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so the the podcast was like, "Whoop! Wait a minute, we're still recording. We're fine. We're good to go." Okay, so I, um, I'm going to ask my question. Ask your question. Ask away, sir. Um, in your opinion, is Bishop having a Vesna worthy season, or is it just because he's my goaltender? that i see that he definitely is i don't i don't see how he can't be at least in the top three you know he's sitting you know first overall in goals against average he's he's sitting second in save percentage you know um he was first in that for most of the season who's who's ahead of him right now yeah uh i think it's uh elliot from st louis yeah i think he's the one that's ahead of him and like the one like the, the the two stats uh, where he you know falls behind is wins and shutouts, and the shutouts really isn't that far behind, you know. But the wins, you know, he really got hurt early in the year with how much the team was losing, you know, and, and more I, so than more so than most goalies take a hit when a team goes on a slump. Man. Yeah, like a, a, a few weeks ago, I had looked at something just to kind of like figure out you know how much bad luck you know he had really had, and the team lost. I think it was 10 games where he had given up one or two goals. What, um, Bishop? Yeah. Yeah. So where he gave up one or two goals and the team couldn't score more than one or two. That's a good thing and a bad thing all at the same time. It's a, it's a good thing because, goddamn, he's on our team. He's playing for us. But it's a bad thing in the sense that, we gotta pay that guy eventually, and like we're running, oh, yeah. we're running yeah, out of guys to pay. We're running, yeah, well, no, we're running out of pay. We're running it. We're we're running plenty on guys. Bishop was supposed to be a stopgap until Vasi's ready, and, and then, of course, and now he's turning out to be the better one of the two. God damn it! Well, right now he is. Yeah, I mean, right I'd now, right exactly. now he is. As of yeah. right now, and so it does make a just kind of make a hard choice because so over the next year you kind of have to make this decision, and I think I think Geiserman probably has already made the decision because it's the one that will that theoretically will work out better in the long term is you, you have this option of you could re-sign Bishop for say six years at, you know, six, six and a half million dollars a year. And, you know, he's on top of his game right now. You know, you you know what you're getting from him. And, you know, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some threat of him dropping off in those last you know few years and you're going to be in a position where you're going to be ready to look for you know for another goalie because probably what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to you know take Bassey at that point and trade him and you know get some other assets and at the same time you know start investing in another young goalie that'll be ready you know in four five six years you know to to take over when Bishop finally does you know fall off the cliff Mm -hmm. you know he's already you know what is he 29 
I think he's 29 years 29. old. You know, so you know, you're talking about if you sign him to a six-year deal, he's going to be 35 when he's done. You know, and that's starting to get on, you know, for, for goalies. I mean, one of the good things is I think, you know, he, he doesn't have as much mileage on him. Um, no, because you know, he started rather late. Yeah, because it's really just been the last three years that he's had a lot of minutes on him. So, like, that, you know, is something that could be going for him, and he's very athletic, and, you know, he hasn't been prone to injury. You know, I mean, it was what, you know, he had the the wrist problem, and he had the dislocated, you know, elbow, you know, two years ago. But other than that, you know, he's been, you know, oh, and the torn groin in the playoffs. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, you know, he's been, you know, pretty resistant to injury. You know, so you'd hope that that would, you know, keep on. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know that I blame, or I guess you you put any injury on a player himself, but you know when it comes to those the injuries that he ha- he did have, those were kind of like those grinding and out kind of injuries, like end of the season, like he's he's giving it mm-hmm. his all, he's putting it all, he's emptying the tank kind of injuries. So yeah. you know, it's well, it was like the 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 dislocated elbow was really the only thing that he didn't play through. Right, exactly. And that was uh, the year before last, right? With the, yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's why he couldn't play against Montreal. And we right. got swept. Yep. Oh, I don't want to. Don't oh, that's a that. bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> that is. So, of I mean, course, we got our revenge on Montreal. Next you keep year. you keep saying that. Uh, okay, a six year contract for Ben Bishop, but I, he's making five point nine million dollars a year right now. So, I mean, is that is he gonna is it gonna be more or less the same? What do you think? That's I think good. it'd be. I think be it would more. be right about the same. I think it'd be right about the same because the thing is, so. You know, he got that contract, bef- you know, after um, he had that year, you know, I guess it was two years ago, mm-hmm. you know, so so it was before last season when he got that that extension and he was given a lot more money because of it being a two year term. You know, like if we had signed him at that time for, you know, like a four or five year contract, right, you it probably or... would have been like four. Yeah. You know, instead of six. Is that how it works? In ho- Can you backload contracts in hockey? Is it the same way as like the NFL? No, it's it it ends up getting averaged out over the entire. I see. Okay, I like that contract. I like that. So like you can backload the actual money part if you want, um, but that really doesn't do anything other than you know your physical payroll. Um, for as far as the cap hit, it's just averaged out. Okay, that's oh, a, that, that's it's a, that's averaged a, out for the cap hit. Yeah. So the cap hit the cap hit will will stay the same throughout the entirety of the contract. Yeah, I, I, I'm noticing that a lot when I when I see these hockey contracts, they're all just like a consistent number all the way across. Yep. Yeah, well, like like look at um, it's like look at Callahan. He, his his salaries are six, six point four, six point five, six point five, four point seven, and four point seven. But his cap hit is five point eight all the way through. Hmm. Because that's course, the average throughout. Okay. Yeah, and of course Got the it. other thing with with NHL contracts is they're 100 percent guaranteed. You know, just like baseball contracts are. What the? See, what the, the only, fuck? The only, the, like, the only exception is that you can buy out contracts, um, which costs you like two thirds, uh, basically two thirds of what's left. So, like, uh, actually, here I can go into a really good example. Matt Carl, he's got two years left at five and a half million, uh, uh, and his actually his salary is five and a half million in each of those years. So what it ends up getting changed to is if we buy out the remaining two years, you know, you take um, so it's uh, eleven million dollars, and you divide it by uh, well, you it's divided by the years of the contract. Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, so I think it's like 1.83. Math. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contract. <laughs> yeah. So it's like oh, it's, so it's like three and two thirds million um, per year, but you uh, you stretch that out over twice as many years. So since he has two years left, you stretch it out over four years. So his so his cap hit would change from five point five million over the next two years to one point eight three three million over the next four years, and we'd get out from under him. Hmm. Ah, yeah. Never never friggin' knew it worked that well. Yeah, so so it is a lot different from NFL contracts. It's a lot better than NFL contracts, just in terms of of what the players make. Where oh yeah, for the player, it's definitely a lot better. Yeah, where NFL is a bunch of smoke and, and mirrors, mm-hmm. got a bunch of de-escalators. Like okay, well if this guy doesn't do, if he doesn't get two thousand yards this season, he's not getting his his yep. hundred million dollar bonus, and that's not really counting mm-hmm. as a cat. It's this whole it's a whole fucking thing. But yeah, yeah and like the only contracts that have bonuses. Uh, built into them are uh, entry level contracts. How did where did that how did that come about? Was oh. that from the last uh, lock? I guess that was from the last lockout, wasn't it? The like, collective bargaining agreement. Uh, no, that's actually been there for a while. I'm not sure exactly when uh, when mm. that went in. Yeah, um, seems like yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, I, actually, you know what? I think it was the the o four o five lockout when a lot of that came. Yeah, in. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, because that, because that's when the salary cap came on. So like, there's no option years. Uh, you can't restructure contracts. Um, you know, entry level contracts are the only ones that can have bonuses. Actually, I think there's a stipulation for like one year contracts for older players where you mm-hmm. can put bonuses like in, a, like sort of a veteran bonus, something like that. Yeah, veteran incentive. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I think it has something to do with like if the player was injured uh, the previous year and you're signing them for only one year that you can put performance bonuses in. Huh. Imagine yeah. that, taking care of your older players that have given you everything <laughs> and made you so much money, NHL. Looking at you, yep. NFL. Oh, oh, this guy, fucking, he's, uh, he's old. Uh, he's done with. Fuck him. All right, so Pension? Wait, before, no, fuck him. Before we go off the rails, I actually have a smart people question because I would be remiss if I didn't get to clue Anthony in on this or uh, include Anthony in on this. That's right, Toy CB. He, he has better questions than ever I can come up with. So... What do you think Wilcox, Adam Wilcox's ceiling is? Uh, probably NHL backup. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he may be a guy that could borderline become a starter, but he also got to think about he's already an older guy because he went to college. I think he's 23, uh, and he's probably still going to be in the AHL for at least another year, maybe two years, before he starts sniffing the NHL. So this is a guy we can jettison rather easily. He looks like a tiny Valtteri Fopola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, I think he's a guy that he potentially could end up being your backup to Bassey. Oh, he's cute. He's a little cutie. <laughs> you think so? I, we've got a, we've got a nice little uh, stable of goalies. Am I the only one here that doesn't think that Vasilevsky is going to pan out in the long run? I absolutely do. I think he's going to pan out. Look, how old is Vasilevsky, Gio? Without me having to look it up, twenty-one. Yeah, dude. Oh my God, what do they say? I'm not what? saying. I'm uh, look. I'm not saying he's not. You know, got his best years ahead of him. I'm just saying, like he's had, you know, and this is also a guy. guy he's gotten consistently he better. He said is a Vesna caliber goalie, and mm-hmm. we're talking about getting rid of him, and it's yes. Yeah, but I think you also you have to also have to look at you know okay so. Let's say Vassy hits his 
prime in, say, two years. So, like, 2017-2018, that's when he becomes the number one. That's when he hits his prime. Yeah. He's he's only 22, 23 years old at that point. Exactly. You, you could end up locking him up for the next eight years, you know, eight to ten years after that, and have him for even longer and have him, you know, in even more of his prime than what you can get with Ben Bishop over the next six years. Exactly. Nick, his his ceiling is already so high, just just from what I've seen this year, like how he's improved from year to year. And it, also, you also think about this was a guy that at ben 19 Bishop's years old. Ben Bishop's almost seven foot. That's how, look at his ceiling. Uh, That's really tall. <laughs> yeah. But, but with, with Vassie, look at him as he was also a 19-year-old that took his KHL team to the finals as a 19-year-old goaltender. Yeah, the AHL I'm, isn't quite the NHL, no, but it's, but it's somewhere around. Stick. Yeah, I mean, and it's like I think the best way to to like rank the rank the KHL is there are definitely NHL caliber players that that play there, but it's probably more like somewhere between the AHL and the NHL because it doesn't have like it doesn't like while the the top end is better than the AHL, the bottom end is definitely worse than the AHL. You know, that's okay. why you see a lot of guys like a, like a Carter Ashton that play in the AHL. They do fine there. They can't crack it into the NHL, so they go out over to the KHL because they can make money there. They look like a god. I was about to say, it's just a money grab in that instance, isn't it? I mean, it's all oh, money yeah. grab, sir. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's, that's what happens with a lot of, you know, guys. And that's kind of, and I think that's kind of the cool thing for, you know, the NHL versus basically any of the other sports, you know, other than like, say basketball and you know certainly soccer you know that if you don't make it in the big leagues here you can go over to Europe and you can make money i mean there's guys that are playing in the swiss leagues that are making you know 400 500,000 dollars a year you know if you're playing in the AHL even if you're a you know a veteran like look at look at Mike Angelitas he's making 300,000 dollars this year playing in the AHL and that's like top of the market for an AHL I was about to say isn't that like it pretty elite for the minors. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. For for the AHL, like that's basically like top of the market. Cause he's you, cause like he was viewed as being like, a you know, an NHL depth guy as well. But like most of the, the most of the NHL depth guys that are on like two way contracts, like uh time again and um, uh, Blunden, you know, when you look at their contracts, like their, their NHL salaries are like five seventy five, six hundred thousand, something like that. But when they're in the AHL, they're only making 200000 hmm. That's most interesting. Of the, like, most of the lesser guys are only making like 80000 to 100000 when they're playing in the AHL. Why do you think that? Is? Like you look at like sports like hockey, basketball, soccer, and guy, guys can do that. Like guys from basketball, they can go over to Europe and make bank. But then yep. when it, when it comes to football and you see like you see Calvin Johnson goes and plays for some you know the the Montreal Alouettes and they fucking laugh oh, him out of the wait. stadium like it, like what what is that like or, or uh, another example would be uh, say like uh, Kevin Euclid goes over to play for for the the North Korean Yippins or whatever the what the yeah. North Korean <laughs> and just like and just and just can't even compete because because the the level of town is so good there. I just wonder. I just wonder yeah, it's why it's like they train them in camps or something. Well, is it because is it because that hockey and soccer are so ubiquitous around the world, or is it because like there's such a such a focused talent for baseball and fo- I don't know. It's it's just such a strange thing to me that you can see like these top level guys go to go to some places in in baseball and football. 
and just be kind of scrubs. Whereas soccer and hockey, they go somewhere else and they're they're superstars. Yeah, well, look at look at Corey Conacher. He's a great example. Yeah, you know, he, you know, I mean, he had that great, you know, half season for the Lightning, which I think he was playing a little over his head there, and you know, and he was getting a lot of time with Stamkos, you know, uh, when he came up, and then he got traded, and you know, he didn't have he didn't do well with Ottawa, he didn't do with the Islanders, you know, but he was still putting up big points in the AHL. And you know what he did this year? Went over to the Swiss League, making some money, and I think he ended up fourth in the league in, in points. Like, he was first in the league for, for most of the season. Jesus you know, Christ. So, you know, he went over there and, you know, tore it up in Switzerland. And, you know, I mean, there, there's definitely worse places in the world that you could live than Switzerland, right? There's, oh, no, oh, that's, Jesus that, that sounds lovely. Yeah, that's the, one of the best places in the world you can live, in fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Powerful Corey Conacher. Yeah. You know, and there's there's some other um, former bolster that are over there. Um, Adam Hall. Marc Andre Bergeron, um, Adam Hall. All, all I remember from Adam Hall is that like he <laughs> he's a guy from the Mighty Ducks, right? <laughs> Adam That's Hall. Adam Banks. Yeah, same thing. Did he play with Gary Roberts? Wasn't that a tandem at one point in time with us? Uh, I don't remember. I remember Gary Roberts and him being uh, vital to teaching Stamkos how to work out. There's something interesting, Nick, that you just said in the the Mixler chat, and you you called Ben Bishop elite and Andrew Katzman eighty three. He actually he agrees with you, which I think a lot of fans in Tampa would, but then a lot of fans outside of Tampa would be like, "Get the fuck out of here! He's elite. Like you're gonna put him on the same level as you as know, the guy who yeah, drug a team to as the Henrik Lundqvist, or you're gonna yeah. put him on the same uh, the same uh, the same tier as Carey Price. I mean, really, you think so? Elite? Yes. See, and I think I think a lot of so, like, what I've seen from a lot of the goalie expert people, and of course, you know, goalies are are a hard thing to understand, anyways. But with a, what a lot of them talk about is that you know he's really an above average goalie that flashes elite. You know that you know because there are some parts of his game that sometimes you know he's not great. Like he lets in some softies every once in a while. Yeah. Um, you he's know, got sometimes some boneheaded his glove moves work it. isn't great. Yeah, you know, I mean, we saw. I think. I think just in the playoffs, I think we saw what two goals that just went off his glove and you know into the net that he should have caught, um, as well as just some you know, really boneheaded goals that he let through. Yeah, and also just that he also he also very much benefits from um, the system and the quality of players up up in front of him. You know, I mean, we control possession you know very well you know for the most part. Um, you know, obviously there's some some lines that, <laughs> you know, that haven't been so good, but. <laughs> But for the most part, you know, we're good about controlling possession and that keeps, you know, the puck on the other end. You know, we're good about, you know, trying to keep, you know, players away from the high danger spots, you know, and when they get into the high danger spots, I mean, it doesn't matter who the goalie is. You know, a lot of those shooters, they can pick them spots. They sure can. They it's it, I to me, like Ben Bishop seems like a, like, like I'm not saying that he's bad. And and certainly whenever whenever anybody talks better not be saying no, he's bad. I'm not. But like whenever anybody talks about our team this year, it's like, okay, if we're gonna go anywhere in the playoffs, it's gonna be off the backs of Ben Bishop and, and Vasilevsky's and because mm-hmm. our goaltending is so good. So yeah, I, I don't I, I would say he's he's a very, very good goalie. I don't know that I would I would say that he's elite. So like I don't know if I'd put him up on the, the, the upper if echelon. If he goes on another deep playoff run, he's elite. Perhaps, maybe. I mean, what is it? What did we just say? He was twenty nine. I mean, that's he's he's at the peak of his of his. Uh, he's twenty nine, but you got to look at his career as a overall in years 
not not how old he is. No, I no, I absolutely agree. But I'm just saying, like he's he's reaching his peak. So this like this now is what we're calling him. We're we're he's flirting with that elite. Yeah, um, and that's what he did. You know, two years ago too. But then last year he was just above average. Okay, so can right. I ask you guys? So he's got to be so consistency. I want you to answer it quickly and honestly. Is if he wins the Stanley Cup, is he elite? Oh, uh, this is not quickly. It depends how he no. answers. It depends how he wins Alrighty. it. No, because it's 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 still a team sport. That's true. Right. Fair enough. Well, There's, that's what I mean. You know, I mean, just if, like just like Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. There are some bad goalies that have won, you know, Stanley Cups too. Yes. But what I'm saying is like, okay, if if he goes in there and he wins a bunch of two one or uh, one nothing games or something, and he's he carries us on his back, then I'd say, okay, that guy's elite. But if you know, if we're, if we're winning games by two two or more goals, and I tell you what, three a two one game, this next goal, most important goal of the game, guys, next goal, <laughs> most. But if you know what I'm saying is like if we're winning if we're winning games in the you back, you tell Kyle's of, running out of hockey isms or hockey stuff because he's throwing out isms throwing out isms but <laughs> what i'm saying is that if we're if we're winning on the back of our offense then i'd say i'd agree with Gio and say yeah listen it's a team sport you know clearly we we we, we made it here as a team you know bishop is a great goalie and and you know the all the all the parts were working together however if there were a lot of close games a lot of games where bishop stood in his head then i'd say you know you, you got to put him in a category of elite and you got to look at him as as, you know what? You know what if he wins the? Uh, That's fair. The, the MVP trophy. Mm-hmm. You know, and one thing that you got to give Bishop to is that he gets up for big games. He does, and that has to be filed under something. You know, whatever you want to put it under. Uh, see, and that's ice and running that's in where, his veins. See, and that's that's where like why I put him in as he's above average that flashes elite. Because he does have those elite games, you know, that he does have those games where he really steps up, you know, and has that motivation. But then he also has some games where they're clunkers, too. Yeah, I think that's what separates him from from the top. I don't know. I don't know. And, and at this point in his career, he's, that's, who he, that's just who he is. Clunker games? Sure, but he's fucking Martin Brodeur, my friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the, uh, he's yeah. got the, he's got the stats to back it up. Bishop made... Brodeur is also one of the best stick handlers ever in goal. But isn't that Bishop's claim to fame now? You know, he's he's a good stick handler or good puck handler. But, you know, one thing that I've noticed this year, I feel like that he doesn't, you know, that he, he's been a little bit less on doing those big stretch passes and throwing it up the ice and catching teams and changes. I felt like he did that a lot the last couple of years. But I like there have been so many times, especially on the power play, where it's like the puck's coming back and he just slowly goes over it and Hedman or Strawman's just kind of taking a leisurely skate back. And I'm like, come on, fucking pass the puck up. You're just going to let them change? Oh, okay, they're already changed. All right, might as well regroup. Yeah. And it's like, like, that's something that I really want to actually see them pick up more is I want them to, you know, take that stretch pass. I feel like that's coaches in his ear. You know, oh, like, yeah, it definitely is. It's a little something. It's what you don't see from this year to last year. It's it's those little things that you, you saw last year that that won us games, but that you don't see this year. Like, you know, Bishop making the long pass up the ice to 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 score. goals. So the stuff like that is it's it's troubling to see. Again, I don't think we're going to win the cup this year. 
That's what I'm saying. Throwing it out there. Broad generalizations on Word of the Bay. Well, I think it's it's fair to Well, yeah. Fitz, what's uh what's your prediction? I think we win it. Yeah. Oh fuck you. No, we won't. <laughs> no fucking way. You're crazy. Right, well, he's on record uh for Word of the Bay at least uh, saying we're gonna win it. He's on record of what now? Saying we're gonna win it. Uh yeah, sure. It's 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 uh, set in stone now, Gio. I'm sorry. Sorry to tell you. Yep. <laughs> Once it's said on this show, it's fact. All right. So uh, it's changing gears a little bit. Let's still we'll stick with the lightning. But I mean, the the uh, a little bit of a story that came out this this week about young Jonathan Druin was that he was he was suspended for a game or missed a game. I think he he was he was suspended for one game for alarm clock issues. Didn't show up on time. I don't think they officially called it a suspension just that he'd be sitting out the game right now me the way i the way i see this and the way i view it is okay is this is this a case of the guy's got the the focus the laser focus on him and maybe we're paying a little bit too much attention to where if he never did this whole holdout thing that he would we would not be talking about this quote-unquote alarm clock issue mm-hmm. or is this just uh, you know, is this something that if anybody were to have this sort of an issue, it would be reported? You know what I'm saying? I think I think it's being blown up because of the previous you know stuff. You know, and I think a really good a really good counterpoint to it is Anthony D'Angelo. He's been scratched seven times for quote coach's decision, hmm. and I don't and I don't see anything, you know, or see barely anything ever on Twitter about that. That, that that's that's interesting see yeah that's that's what i mean now that now that he's he's put himself in a higher profile he's opened himself up more to these sort of stories where you know he could be late to practice before miss a game oh i'll get better coach you know sorry sorry yeah but i, I mean anthony pointed this out in the chat but it's this past is catching up with them this is it's becoming in, indicative of how he goes about being a professional you know, on the other hand, who who knows if any of the other scratches that he had while he was in Tampa wasn't for the same stuff and it just was never publicized. Aha. That's true. Aha. See? See, we all we all like to pile on the guy when it when it's fun to pile on him, but but we never look at the past and say, Oh well, yeah, maybe- I'm gonna make fun of millionaires. Fuck you. <laughs> He's not a millionaire yet. Not yet. But still what's the <laughs> what's the quote I like NBA because it's the only chance I get to yell at six foot tall millionaires? <laughs> <laughs> seven foot tall seven, seven foot, foot tall, tall. yeah let's say six foot you can go just we can catch a baseball game and tell me you want to man but i mean the scrutiny that comes on a guy after this sort of stuff i i, I just think it, it's he did he bring it on himself yeah sure he did i mean he made he made some bad um he's going down i mean not not nearly for the same cause but he's going down a heatly route it's, he's gonna have a, a weird past you know following following him through his nhl career Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll never leave this behind. Yeah, like, that'll always be there. That'll always be part of the commentary for him. <laughs> the mixer, I love the mixer chat right now. Fix my power plant. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Tony D, racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus! Oh yep. Mixler, I love you guys. Oh. Yeah, well, no, he he did get a did get a suspension for that. Eey! What did he do? What 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 happened? So this was before he got um, 
before he was drafted, uh, he got suspended for a game for racial slurs uh, with a teammate. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What did he do? What happened? Hold on. I'm going to Google uh, it. Is there a well, sound bite? <laughs> did he <laughs> Tony D. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he, he got suspended for that. So, it was like, and that was before he even got drafted. Oh, so, that was kind of a big storyline when he, you know, when, when the team did draft him and said, you know, that they went and, and you know, talked to you know, talk to his dad, talk to his family, talk to the coaches, and you know, no, they you felt don't like that, that was behind really him. Really good at hockey, really good. No, like <laughs> yeah. really good. I mean, well, you it, know, he's you know, he's from Philadelphia, right? Uh, well, that explains it. That's why he's an asshole. Uh, yeah, exactly. Look, everybody shits on Philly fans, but I I gotta say, like, some of the best people I follow on Twitter are Philly fans. Well, the rest of their city smells like a toilet. Just trying to make them feel at home. Oh Jesus! Okay, here we go. Broad generalizations, <laughs> huh? Everybody from New York loves the pizza. That's probably that's probably mostly true. Everyone from San Francisco's gay. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. Let's 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 tear it down and say, come on. There's Philly fans out there. I've I do follow a lot of good Philly fans. I really do. Yeah, they threw I mean, batteries at Santa. Oh, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. For Christ's sakes. Yeah, you keep oh, you calling know, me you out. For keep okay, listen, up, but it, listen, it, listen. You want to talk about some bad fans? You know, uh, the game the other night, they had a, a moment of silence uh, because of Brussels. Yeah, and some idiot Detroit fans like go wings. I'm like, clearly, yeah, good job. Buddy. Hey, there were there were people around me that were yelling, and I'm like, you're fucking disrespectful. Shut the fuck up. And I'm like, you guys want to talk? You. you want to talk bad fans, right? Tampa fans never show up to their games. They uh, they're fair weather fans. Half of them are Yankee fans. When they're not Yankee fans, they're Tampa fans. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, everybody's a different kinds of shitty. Yeah, see, yep. doesn't, doesn't feel good, does it? When the mirror is turned upon you. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's our life. That's our life. Oh, I know. <laughs> Please don't take my team away from me. <laughs> oh, can I? I, I got one, I got one more fan story. Okay, go ahead. So this was this was the uh, Flyers game where we were just completely shitting the bed, right? Yeah, and it's about five six minutes left in the third period. We're already way behind. We're not winning, right? Everybody knows it, and people are streaming out. And I sit up in the third third level, and I'm in the second like second row right on the aisle. And this guy comes down in a Jonathan Tays jersey, stands right down at the ledge, holding his phone up over his head, taking a picture. And I'm like, seriously, <laughs> like pucks in play down on our end of the ice. I'm like, seriously, I look back at my usher and, he, you know, he's a really nice guy. He doesn't really get into things unless things really start escalating. So I can tell he's not going to do anything about it. So I give the guy like 15, 20 seconds to, you know, to take his picture and leave. And he doesn't. So I'm like, hey, buddy, sit down. You're blocking people's view. So he turns to me. And he's like, what view of this lightning team? Uh, and so I'm just like, yeah. Come back, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, people pay money for these for these seats. Sit down. And so he started walking off, but he kept jabbing at me. And so I was just like, go back to Chicago. And he's like, this is, this is the absolute best part. I'm not even from Chicago. <laughs> he's from here. He's from what? He's from West. He's from uh, Port Charlotte. Yeah, so I just so I just started yelling bandwagoner at him until he left. It was glorious. It felt great, especially with how I I shitty we were playing. And then the next game, he's back with a sticks of fire bandana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh! leading the track. Oh, I fucking went there. Yeah, you know, there's this one guy I always see out on the party deck, and 
he he usually is wearing either a Red Wings jersey or a Penguins jersey. And it's usually when they're not playing. And it was actually really weird the other night against the Red Wings. He wasn't wearing a jersey. I'm just like, seriously? You're going to, you know, like every other time you're like, I'm going to wear my shit jersey. But then when your team's actually here, you're not even wearing your jersey. I'm just like, mm. get out of here. So you know, leave. You know, a guy I hate the most is the guy, and I know everybody has seen it because I've seen it so many times, but the guy that's wearing the hat and matching shirt of like the original six old school hockey looking oh. <laughs> like fuck <laughs> oh, the nor'easter fuck yeah yeah the nor'eastern guy he's not even like he's a hockey fan so he's gonna wear well original six team i mean come on i'll wear it down here to, to a, a tampa game and, you know get to see a couple mm-hmm. guys from the northeast i pour myself another glass of uh scotch here i'm gonna get i got myself a smart water over here Got myself a Goose Island three two one or three one two. Goose Island is kind of trash anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah, just tastes like beer. Buddy, had a buddy that I went to high school with. He uh, he went up to where was it? Oh, he's working for Terrapin. Okay. Terrapin Brewing now. Yeah. Of course, you know, you know, one of the traditions when you work in a brewery is they give you free beer, right? Mm Hmm. So like. He's just up to his eyeballs and Terrapin at home. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I I like Terrapin though. That's a good one. Yeah, you know, he's he's really happy there. Yeah. See, the thing is, is like when these major brewers they come in and they buy they buy up the small time guys, then it turns to shit. Like that happened with Magic Hat. Like Magic Hat used to have my favorite beer of all time, which was Magic Hat Number no. Nine, which is like an apricot beer. Yeah, and then I think I think either like Anheuser Busch or InBev bought them, and then it turned to shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. Yeah. Oh, and what was what was the Budweiser commercial where they were like making fun of craft beer? Oh yeah, and, it, and but then they like own like three or four craft breweries. This is not a beer to be fussed over or smell like. Fuck you! Your beer is piss. It's piss. I drink yeah, it to get is. more <laughs> fucked up. It's like fucking hey, close to water. Is- I hate to interrupt, but this is good stuff for the podcast. Yeah, hold on. I'm, I, let me tweet out the link, and then I'll, I'll be right back. Ooh, we've got a live chat update of the Toronto-Boston game. Is it who, What is it? 2-1 who? I wish I could. I wish I could. Uh... Oh, it's Florida. Go well. Fuck. God, nobody wins. No, we tonight. want Boston. To, we want Boston to win that one. I was just about to say. I hate rooting for Boston teams. I would yeah. love to root for Florida in the uh, in the playoffs if we get knocked out somehow. Yeah, you know, I think I think with oh the, yeah, definitely fallback team. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I think with the Panthers, like it's a rivalry, but at the same time, it feels like like it's a brotherly rivalry, like. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. beat, I want to beat the shit out of them, but if anyone else starts messing with them, you're going to have yeah, to. Nobody else me. beats up my little brother. Yeah, fuck the Panthers. Yeah, I love exactly. Them. Yeah, I totally agree. We're, yep. we're, we're going, by, by the way. I press record. Oh, awesome. Ago. See? This is... See how I do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're still on hockey, though. Well, real quick. Well, real quick. I want to I ask something. Because talking about the Panthers just reminded me of this, but like that that uh, space with – what was it? Spaced out with Spacey or – uh yeah um shit what is it spacey in space spacey in space we talked about it last night when we did shark dropper another one of our podcasts 
But like, I think that literally it was like the Panthers, like, okay, which guy can we? Spacey's gonna come. All right, we're gonna do a whole thing about this. Like, <laughs> like, see, that's the thing. I, I, I think that it was, it was just something that started randomly, and then like it started picking up steam, and so then they went to Spacey and they're like, "Hey, you want to get in on this?" And he's like, "Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much." Because <laughs> like, I think that's lucky. what I think that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> why not? Oh, you're gonna give me free? It's it's free publicity, and I'm gonna look good. Sure, why not? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. sure. Why not? Yeah. Yellow. No conclusive evidence of putt crossing the goal line. Hmm, interesting. I don't know. There's something tweeted out in the uh, mm-hmm. mixer chat of Panthers and Bruins. Panthers and Bruins there. Hey, but we're done with that. No more hockey, right? I was just about to say, what are you still doing? There? Oh, you guys cut out for a second. No, no, no. Oh. It's, no it's, we're still here. We're still it's here. It's got super fuzzy, though. Yeah, that's on my end. I, uh, I'm experiencing. I thought we were going to get through one episode without some kind of mechanical mishap. No, we're fine. I just, I shouldn't have opened Twitter when I did. I got too many <laughs> things, got, got too many things open at the same time. Um, so obviously we opened the we opened the podcast up with the uh, the call of James Loney's historic home run in Cuba, and um, I don't know. I guess I just just. Uh, Maybe you want to get your thoughts. I just can't get enough of this. Right field. Nick, how do we do this? What do you mean? Adios. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Look, if 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 I just had the Spanish language broadcast on like Sun Sports every time instead of Dwayne Stats, I mean I love Dwayne Stats, but if it was just like the Spanish guy and I just got the, I'd be all for that. No, no, no. Okay, this is what we do: we Dwayne Stats for the games we're winning, Spanish broadcast for the games we're losing. For the games we're losing, they still yeah. put a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're losing like we're losing like five nothing, and then and then somebody homers in the ninth, where it's like it's just irrelevant. That guy's excited. I love when they guys, go ahead. Go ahead. You guys remember a few years ago, um, there was a there was a game where like they had technical difficulties and they couldn't go to commercial, so it was just like a two hour long broadcast with what? no breaks. Oh wait, no, no, no. I do remember this. Yeah, because it started in, like the third or the fourth. What? Inning. Yeah, they couldn't go to commercial breaks. So it was just like Todd Callis doing. You know, a bunch of fun stuff during, basically during, in between the innings. Todd Callis, like, spinning plays, like, hey! Da, 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 da. Yeah, exactly. Watch this. Did you know you my know, father was Harry Callis? That, that sounds pretty <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they did a pretty good job with it. Right? Yeah, that's, that's something that's, you know, I, like, I can't imagine trying to do that, you know, where you're literally live for, like, two, two and a half hours. Look, I'm going to say that, I, you know, we're, we're, we're all homers here, so it would, you know this is this is said with a complete bias. But I think that, um, oh Jesus, I I think that the the Sun Sports team is like probably one of the best teams, or, you know, one of the best teams going. Got to be. Come on, with BA and and stats, that's a good. Uh, I you know what? In the beginning, I did not like Brian Anderson, but he has grown on me a great great mm-hmm. deal. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's you know he's he's just he's gaining you know gained more experience and kind of developed his uh, his uh, persona a bit more. I, yeah, I feel like he was trying to compete with Dwayne Stats the, maybe the first half of his season, the first time he was here, because I always felt like he was kind of 
tripping over Dwayne's words. And yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, so I got to think, you know, he's literally just jumped right into it. It's not like he, you know, was doing it someplace else and then came into it. I mean, he was what the he was like Jim Hickey's assistant the year before. Yeah. Brian Anderson. I, I, I tell the story a lot on the podcast, but Brian Anderson always t- had had one of my tells one of my favorite baseball stories of all time. And it's something like I relate to a lot of things. And he talked about when he was a pitcher, I think he was pitching for the Orioles or uh, who did he pitch? Like the Indians. I think it was the Indians or the, uh, the uh, Indians. It was, it was for Cleveland. So he was pitching for Cleveland and he's going over the scouting report with his, with his catcher. And he's saying to the catcher, you know, what he wants to throw each guy, what he wants to do, what he wants, what he wants to do in certain situations. And he says to the catcher, okay, under no circumstance am I going to throw this pitch. I'm not going to throw this pitch. Just, you know, don't even don't even give it to me. So he's going through the game, you know, it's he's he's been through the lineup before. And it's maybe his I don't know, second or third time through the lineup and he's at a guy and he, he he can't get him out and he's thinking, "Fuck, man, I really want to throw that pitch. Like I really like that would be the perfect pitch to throw right now." And sure enough, when he looks he he looks down the uh the he looks down to the catcher, the catcher's throwing up the sign for that pitch. And like they're they're perfectly in sync like that. Like they even though he told them not to, the catcher's throwing up the signs for it as Brian Anderson is thinking about, and he says that's the kind of relationship that you want between a pitcher and catcher, where the pitcher or where the catcher can almost just read the pitcher's mind and know that, like, oh man, that pitcher would be perfect for this situation. And sure enough, he's throwing up the signs. It's probably similar to that trust relationship that wide receivers and quarterbacks have. Like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's always when you, you know, it's great when you see like like those games where. You know, guys throwing a no hitter, or at least you know, like throwing a complete game shutout, and you almost never see him shaking off his his catcher because they're just so in sync with what their game plan is and what's working, and you know how they want to attack different players. Mm-hmm. It's 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 something that a lot of people don't realize what's going on. Like a lot of people on the outside are like, ah, oh, baseball's so boring. It's not boring. Like it's you're just not paying attention to it. Like it's it's there's a lot going on. A lot of subtle nuances in baseball. Yeah. Are are either of you Star Trek fans? Somewhat. I I lean more towards Star Wars. Okay. So one of my favorite Star Trek episodes ever is from Deep Space Nine, season seven. This is the last season of the series. And the title of it is Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. And it's uh, Captain Sisko and his crew get challenged to a baseball game by uh, a, a crew of Vulcans. Of course, you know, the Vulcans, they're, they're smarter, they're faster, they're stronger, they have better reflexes, so they, they do kind of crush them. But one of the, one of the uh, lines that Cisco says about, about baseball is, uh, you never know what's going to happen next. Every single pitch, there could be something different that could happen. And we, you know, I mean, how many times do we do we hear from Elias where they go, yeah, this hasn't happened since 1912. You know, like mm-hmm. we, we just see that all the time. Like you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I feel like every, every stat in baseball, like every record breaking thing, they're always like, that's the first time that this has happened since Dickie McFarland did this back in 1961. And you're like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like, does anybody break a record anymore? Like, is there anybody that's going to break something? Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, probably one of the one of the best parts about that episode is the the guy that was supposed to be the absolute worst baseball player uh, in real life 
he uh, almost became a semi-pro. Really? Like he had, like he had a, a contract offer to play semi-pro baseball. Like the actor? Instead, he went into acting. Mm, so what he ended up having to do was do everything left-handed because he's naturally a righty. And so he didn't want it to look like, you know, someone that could play, you know, was intentionally playing poorly. So he had to do everything left-handed. Right. <laughs> that's that's a, that's pretty that's a, that's solid. But even like the fact that he could still do it left-handed was I was like, about to say that that's some skill there. Yeah, that alone. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, we the the Rays just played a historic game in in Cuba and you know, President Obama was there. Matt Moore pitched in front of President Obama. I mean, there's there's pictures of Chris Archer shaking hands with Obama, and uh, uh, Raul Castro Castro was in the the stands for the game, and uh, it was just a, just a cool national spotlight for our team to be in, uh, and a lot of well, cool. We technically represented America at that represented point. Represented America. Mm-hmm. A lot of shots were taken at our fan base unnecessarily. Oh, the best, the best, the most fans you've been playing in front of. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm really surprised that the Cuba Florida joke didn't come up more often. Yeah, I might as well keep him in Cuba. Yeah, it's oh, Kyle. It's every year the, at this point. That, that's the one. That's a good. Would you rather? What's that? Uh, would you? What? <laughs> the Rays win the World Series, but they have to play out of Havana. <laughs> Mm. No, because I couldn't go to games. Is there a mass okay. transit? Like, can I take a fucking bullet train from from Tampa? Bullet take a ferry? Yeah, a ferry. The bullet ferry. Or or maybe okay, we play a split. Se- no, no, no! I don't like any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I want him here. God damn it! <laughs> Fuck that. No, it, it's. I, uh, I think I think someone someone gave me a bit of shit. I think Steve uh, Steven, who's a fan of the podcast, gave me a little shit this week for for um, getting all huffy over people calling out the attendance. Because at this point, it just it's just a yearly occurrence. It's like okay, things are going to happen every year in Tampa. The Bucks are going to underperform. Uh, the um, you know, the, and the Rays' attendance is going to be questioned, or, or people are going to talk about the Rays' attendance, and I couldn't figure out any other stereotypes for the <laughs> fucking fans. <laughs> Tom Jones is going to write three to five shitty articles. Steve Dumeg is going to have half a heart attack on the the radio uh, talking about hockey, uh, and then uh, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about attendance every every game. And and Tom Jones and Rick Stroud are going to get on the the radio every morning and and play crickets every time a good game happens, but nobody was there to see it. Fuck you! It happens every game. Uh, we were talking about people we don't like on on the radio earlier. The big dog's one of them for me. You know what? I I have a yeah. I turn the the, that's when I search for things on the radio. I you know what? Everybody says that. I have a I have a respect for Big Dog. I really do. I don't think it's a respect. I think you like the fact that he's a homer on your side. You know, there's a lot of things that he says that I just I flat out don't agree with. And I but like I respect him from for having an opinion because I have the same thing as I do the same thing as well. Like I one of my I guess one of my problems with him is that he, you know, he like. He projects himself as being an expert and then makes super basic mistakes. Yeah, sure. I mean, he, I mean, he, he does do that. And that is an infuriating part of what he does. But at the same time, I mean, he's, he's, he's paid to do that. And he's paid to, to, to get those people to call. I don't know. For some reason, I just I have a respect for the guy. I, I, like, I like what he does. I don't agree with him most of the time. And I think a lot of times I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. 
But still, I listen. I'm there. I am listening to him, and I'm like, uh, see, "Fuck you!" I, I agree because I think he reps. I think he represents the fan base as a dumb fan base. If this is what we produce no, he, as our voice, and yeah, because he's he's so quick to to be rash and and, and I don't know. I Look, just don't. I don't like that guy representing me. The, the the program director there is is John Mamola, who's a Blackhawks fan, and makes no absolutely no uh, he he doesn't hide it you know he he he's all over it on twitter he he tweets it out all the time and steve dumay gives him shit for that and and i respect that kind of stuff okay like here we go last year when uh the red wings were in town and Hattrix was going to host that Red Wings party. And everybody on Twitter threw a shit fit. Like, Steve Dumeg was right there. He was right there in, in the middle of it, like, giving Hattrix shit to where they ought, they had to start backpedaling because it was like, oh, shit, maybe we don't have them here to, to host their Red Wings party. Like, that kind of stuff. That's what that's what makes me like Dumeg, that he's, like, kind of the, I don't know, he's the he's the chaotic good. You know what I mean? He's He's not always right. <laughs> He's not always accurate. He's not always you don't always have to like him, but he's at the end of the day, he's kind of fighting for the same sensibilities that we are. Yeah, and like and I'll give him that, you know, he's honest. He's honest with what he says, with what he thinks. Right. Yeah, he's he's honest. I mean, he's he's got to drive up his calls. He's got to he and and he talks a bunch of bullshit that just kind of pisses everybody off, but he he does that so well that you're like Fuck that guy! <laughs> Gotta call well, in. No. See, the thing is, is he's really good at what he's uh, what he's paid to do, and that's keep people listening to him, whether it be out of frustration or adoration. He's really good at keeping people in tune to him. Yeah. I, but I don't think that makes him a super fan or somebody that the, I want representing me and my kind. I don't know. Maybe I'm nostalgic. Maybe so. I don't know. I just got a lot of respect for the guy, and I, I like I said, I know that he, I know that he's full of shit most times. And it makes me laugh. And there, there's a lot of times where I'm yelling at my radio at him like, you fucking idiot. But at the same time, I'm like, I got respect for the guy. He's like, he's just. Cat, Catsman nailed it in the chat. Or he goes, or maybe because there's no other sports station in the area to listen to. Maybe. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I used to back in the day. I used to, instead of Dumeg, I'd put it on Boog and Rich. And I like I liked Boog and Rich because, you know, Rich Herrera would talk a bunch of shit. And so would Booger McFarlane. And it would, you know. Well, yeah, and at least with at least with Boog and Rich, like you know, Boog knew football, Rich knew baseball. Like they actually right. were ex- experts, and they, in but field. they did not know how to coexist. No, but they but they had opinions that made you say, "You fucking idiot!" Let me call you and like school, like school you to what's really going on. And yeah, it's, it, was, it was good. I liked the, I liked the show. I really I really did. <laughs> yes, until Mark Ryan came on to to <sighs> do the. the Man, Mark Ryan's evening show was always so fucking weird. I just, it was. It was. I Actually, you know him. what? That's the first time I got to advertise Word of the Bay on local radio. Oh, that's right. Nick, oh, yeah. Nick actually called in. <laughs> yeah, I called in. I got something right, and they gave me sixty times of uh, sixty seconds of airtime to say whatever I wanted to. <laughs> I so just that was literally for sixty seconds, I just said Word of the Bay. He's got he's got the most disingenuous voice out of anybody. He is. Him. He's just like, yeah, Grant, go ahead. I don't really care because I'm checking on my apps. Listen, guys like Joe Madden. I was like, oh god. I still think. W- we really do need to expand upon our audience and do a poll of the top, 
top three people we'd like to punch in the face because Mark Ryan might be up there. You know, I talked with uh, actually Jared, Jared1787, who's in the chat right now. Him and I talked hmm. a lot about doing a, 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 a bracket of most annoying figures in Tampa Bay sports. And it, it, it never got off the ground because none of us, there's not enough. Somebody take an incentive. Yeah, you what? can't come up with 64 people. Exactly. There's not enough people in Tampa that are, you're like, you, you Let's end up say Jonathan to. Druin could be a, a, a 16 seed. But I'm just saying, you're like, there's not enough people that you end up hurting feelings. Like, you, have, you end up putting people on there that are actually really good. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Anywho, uh, they would have to notice us to get their. Opinions and feelings. Maybe, maybe we could do top thirty-two. Maybe. Do we got any bucks I mean, takes like, before we before we? Uh... I have a bucks question. Okay. That I teased asking. I, I I already know what this question is. All right. Does it piss you off that Jameis Winston was in the fucking Tampa uh, or the the well not the Tampa Yankees but the New York Yankees he, dugout instead of the Tampa Bay? Yeah, Rays? He's, a, he's a Yankee fans. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, especially weren't we? Weren't they playing against the race too? Yes. Yeah. It was Jesus. like the the most inopportune time. He could have gone the night before when they were playing the Braves and looked like a like, oh well, hey, I'm just happen to be here. No, I think it was like a statement because it was against the Rays. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of Yankee fans down here. The Yankees are the Yankees. I don't I don't get mad at people for being Yankee fans anymore. If you're oh. if, but if you're like a, a Braves fan or something, you know, that's when I start getting pissed off at you. What? No, Dude, you know, no. Many, you know no, why there's so many Braves fans down here? Or Is you know, because... not a Braves fan, but like if you're like a Pirates fan, that's when I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like, okay, all right, you know that's what I mean? A little better because like Braves, because Braves was like that was the Florida team before you got that the was Marlins yeah, that was right. the team you pulled for before the the Marlins and the the race. Yeah, no, right, that was a bad example. What I'm saying is like if you're if you're a, a Cardinals fan, I'm like, come on, bro. or not even Car- actually Cardinals is also a bad example because they had the minor league team in St. Pete. So <laughs> I'm pulling the strike off. two, strike two. If you're, give it another shot. If you're a Mets fan, how about that? If you're a fucking yeah, Mets they, fan, they're in uh, Port St. Lucie. Yeah, they're. All yeah. I'm saying is that, like, if you're a Yankee fan, I kind of understand it. They're the fucking Yankees. They're the they're the they're the most storied franchise in the history of baseball. They're the the evil empire, whatever you want to call them, but they're the Yankees. The Yankees are the Yankees. The fans are always going to be there. They're always everywhere. Every market has the the Yankee fans. So it's like we're not mm-hmm. alone in that. Yeah. Let Winston be a Yankee fan. I don't care. Oh, but it does piss me got... off, Nick. It does piss me off. I think is in that... the chat you got your number one for that bracket, Ken Carpenter. Who's Ken Carpenter? Oh. Oh, yes. Yes. I love this guy. No, this guy's the best. Are you kidding me? Fuck no, man. He's such the a worst. fucking he's such a troll. He's the best. Come he's on. Tool. No, 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 no. I think that he's uh he's he's probably the best, I think. Mm-mm. Him or who's the guy that always has like sources, like hashtag sources? It's like uh Oh, uh Eklund. No, Lucklin. Luke or something Lucan. Like he always hashtag sources. He's the, he's like an NFL insider. Yeah, Ken oh, Ken Carpenter. No, no, <laughs> no, so so Eklund is the guy that makes shit up for NHL rumors. Oh, isn't he the guy that oh, played Brian Eklund? Yeah, Mac, Max Luckin. Yeah, Andrew got it. Max, Max Luckin. He's a kid, and he's always, he's always he's he's like an insider. He pretends to be an insider. No, no, don't tell Kyle that because anybody on Twitter is real media to Kyle. I love Ken Carpenter. You guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Grape, Grape Welch is telling us he loves Eklund. <laughs> he, uh, 
Look, guys, he's the chairman of the Peace Film Festival. Yeah, and I don't give a shit what he did. Why? Oh, okay, there he goes. He says he and incarcerated Bob, they're both terrible. <laughs> There's a few guys. Who's the, who was the guy that plagiarized, like straight up plagiarized one of the uh, lightning beat writers? And he's like, I didn't fucking plagiarize. <laughs> and everybody's like, bro, you did, clearly. Like, here's the timestamps on the on the tweets. Like, you plagiarized them. It was, it was glorious. Nah. I think I missed that one. Um, so that's why I, I think it's stupid that Jameis Winston's a Yankee fan. Yeah, I don't like it, but eh, Yankee fans are Yankee fans. Fuck them. Any other trivial bullshit we'd uh, like to address? Glennon apparently has a... We have a high asking price for Glennon. Yeah, well, apparently, from what I've heard from 620, we've turned down a first-round pick for him, mm-hmm. which that's how, yeah, that sounds like bullshit and a half. Yeah, but yeah. It, but if Jameis goes down, what happens? We're fucked. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. But I mean, but I mean like, are you re- uh, so do you realistically think that you're going to be able to re-sign Glennon after this year? No, he's going to no, go make his gonna money. He's going to want to go somewhere else and have a, have a chance. Exactly. I mean, like, if someone, if, if the best offer was, like, a third-round pick, okay, keep him. Like, keep I can him. understand yeah. that. Someone gives but you like, a second-round pick? I would definitely useful. consider it. That's genuinely you, useful. If it's a first-round pick, snap, keep. It's not, you don't even have to tell me anything. Yeah, else. I don't care if it's 32. Okay. Listen here. If, if the if, well, this is, 32 is the second round this year, man. If the Broncos <laughs> pick up Glennon, oh, yeah. they pick up Glennon this year, they repeat. Mm. Boom. You yeah, I can you, see that. You heard it here first. They repeat. And he can't be any worse than Brock Oswald. Exactly. Oswald. Exactly. They went what six and one. With He's him? A ga- all they need is someone to manage the game and the defense. Ooh, if they, they trade Glenn to Denver, if they trade Glenn to Denver, does the logo have to have a longer neck? Oh, hey oh. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I feel like I haven't been cheesy jokey this, yeah, this episode too much. That's fine. Uh, there's a couple of mock drafts. I don't really care to get into any of those. I mean, no, all of them that. have. I don't a care. Vernon Hargraves. Vernon so. Hargraves. But Did you see Hargraves' uh, cleats at Pro Day, though? What, what were they? He repped Tampa. He he had that graffiti that oh, says, right. like, welcome to Tampa. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's, uh, I think he's, he said at the Combine that he wanted to come to Tampa. Huh. Which means he, he won't. <laughs> Which means. Well, I mean, at nine, I don't know if, I don't know if the top corner, uh, top cornerback uh, prospect lasts till nine, but. I'm just saying. Uh, no, what I've seen because it's the guy from Florida State, right? I think I think I've seen him go like three to five generally. Two out of the last three of our free agent signings were cornerbacks. I'm just that's that should tell yeah, you something right there. We're not going to go first round. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. see, I don't think that that matters. I don't think that matters. I mean, if he's you, available at nine, I don't see for, his passing. Yeah, because like you need people for the future too. Like that's true. And but I mean, I like that... both, like like those guys are like are over thirty, right? Uh yeah, We're both of them. It. No, 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 no. Grimes is over thirty. I think Robinson. I think he's under thirty, and then Banks and Werner are also under thirty. I believe. Yeah. So I mean, I guess like you're also they're also kind of hoping that Banks and and Werner will come will come around. I think that system. they. I think, I think that they're they will. still holding a hope for them. Yeah. I I hold. I certainly do. I think that they got a little kind of shafted the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to get a uh, Bosa though. Katzman says that Robinson is 25. So, yeah, they're, they're you know, aside from Grimes, the, the secondary is pretty young. Yeah. So, who, know, yeah. who knows? Well, I don't we know. Need, I, think we, I, I think we need that touch of vet on the, um, in the secondary because we're getting smoked with these rooks. I'm just saying, when you, when you draft or, not, or when, you, when you sign two corners like that, it just doesn't seem like 
that you're going to go corner in the draft. I mean, it seems like you're going to go elsewhere. Eh. It's, mock drafts are never right. They're so dumb. Oh. Well, yeah, because every team values players differently. Then yeah, then then their fans, their fans are like, oh well, surely this is going to happen, and yeah. Why is Miko Grimes important other than her husband's being a football player? <laughs> That's it, and well, and she's the controversy walking. Yeah, good for her. Well, welcome like, to Tampa. Welcome to Tampa, like, home of the Raymond James. Yeah, but uh, apparently she deleted her Twitter though, or deactivated right. it. Bitch, we had Warren Sapp here for fucking years. I don't, don't, don't tell me about fucking controversy, okay? Warren Sapp put a guy in the hospital, like, and then told the coach to fuck himself. Like, don't tell me about controversy. Yeah, put a jersey on. Put a jersey on. Controversy. Dolphin uh, fans are like, oh, if you only knew. I'm like, oh, if you only knew. Like... The guy's skipping through the fucking warm-ups every half game. Yeah, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like, oh, Keyshawn Johnson only gets deactivated on Monday Night Football. You want to talk to me about controversy? I'm used to it. I'm fine with it. Miko Grimes, come at me, bro. Can you deflect balls? (laughs) Yeah. Good. Good. Can the guy play corner? Great. His wife? I don't give a fuck. What, is she going to pull a gun on somebody? Like, like, that's the least of our The only thing it does is I think it increases the chance of him hitting her. Akeem Tlaib, like a sort of a cab driver. I think he pulled a gun on a fucking cab driver. Like, oh, watch out for this guy's wife. I thought he just punched him. Watch out for the guy's wife. Oh, no. I thought he pulled a Patrick Kane on him. Yeah, he pulled a Patrick Kane on him. Oh, Jesus. (sighs) Yeah. Miko Grimes, come on. Get off of it, Dolphin fans. Wait, oh, wait, wait till, yeah, wait till, okay, sure, sure, when you have MRSA in your fucking locker room, yeah, wait till, <laughs> when you're the most hated team in the league because you, you blow up the, the uh, kneel down play, wait till the controversy comes. Yeah. Oh and no! The one thi- and the one thing that the rest of the NFL liked about us was our jersey yeah. helmets, and we take that away. And- Miko Grimes, what are we gonna do? <laughs> Shut up. It's, it's so hilarious. Like everybody think the distraction. The distraction is you, distra- media. Okay. <laughs> like you're the hey hey like pu- like pushing the. Are you distracted yet? <laughs> like are you shut up? Shut up. Anyways, <laughs> Miko crimes. Sorry, when the window little. When the when the fucking kicker for the New York Giants who 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 brought him to the Super Bowl is talking shit about you all over Twitter, you want to talk about fucking distractions, Lawrence Tynes? Okay, anyways, uh, you want to do the top five running backs? You want to do mine real quick, and then we'll, we'll, get, yeah, we'll get out of here. Get out of here. I'm not going to do music, but I just figured I'd. Uh, um. Well, we went long again. The so, one I mean, uh, the, before you start, did you? I wanted to give this some genuine time. What the uh your list. My list? We, yeah, we did for mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are we at right now? We're at a good <laughs> we're at a good time. There's oh, there's Jesus. a lot. We're, yeah, we're yeah, long. We're we're the, so do you want to save for another episode or do no, we? No, let's quick? do it right now. I'm down All for right. that. Yeah. Let's uh let's get it let's get it going. So uh for those for those that are fans of the podcast or for those that don't know, we have counted down our top five quarterbacks. And I think I think the overall consensus was that um that I think Joe Montana was number yeah, one. Joe Montana. Joe yeah. Montana. Best uh, tackler I've seen since Joe Montana. The Joe Montana. He was number one for for both of us, for all of us. 
So, uh, you know, I decided recently, I'm like, hey, let's do running backs too. Why not? Like, so, uh, Nick last week did his top five running backs, his number one being one Walter Payton. Uh, I think Marshall Falk was also on the list. Emmett Smith, yes. LT. Emmett Smith. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. And uh, who else was on there? Anybody? Was it LT was on the list? No, he was a LT was an honorable mention. Honorable mention. Okay. Just let's focus. Come on, let's focus on let's your. Let's focus list. on my list. Let's focus on my list. So, number five, my number five top running back of all time, and this is going to be a big point of controversy, especially because we are Tampa fans, and especially because you know this person never really was fully committed to football. As much huh. as he was to baseball. I know where you're going with this. But I'm going to talk about my number five running back of all time. That is maybe the greatest athlete to ever play any sport. Bo Jackson for the Los Angeles Raiders, 1987 to 1990. My number five greatest running back of all time. <laughs> Bo fucking Jackson. Because not only was he the greatest running back of all time, but he was one of the greatest right fielders of all time with just like those flat-footed throws to home plate <laughs> and just like the way he ran like a f- like a fucking maniac. Like I think if Bo Jackson would have just played football and stayed healthy throughout his entire career, only focused on football, he might have been the greatest running back of all time. All time. Like no uh, doubt. Yeah, I would agree with that. But he made the Pro Bowl in 1990, which was his last year in football. Yeah, but it was yeah. his last year in football because he broke himself. Yeah. You know, what's, you know what's crazy is in 1989, he was an all-star in baseball. Yeah. All-star and a Pro, bo- and, and, and a, uh, pro Bowler. Yeah, I think he, he was juicing. 32 home runs. Yeah. I think he was juicing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, there, there's. I, I think it, I'm pretty sure it's Bo Jackson. There was a story about... He would, um, when he was in the minors, he'd walk up to the plate and, like, right in front of the catcher, he would draw money signs in the dirt <laughs> and then step into the box. No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, you're thinking of Sanders. Deion Sanders would do that. Oh, was that Deion? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Bo Jackson. Deion Sanders was the only guy to to play for in a World Series with the Reds and a Super Bowl with the Cowboys, and yet he would draw. I, I believe it was Deion Sanders who would draw a money sign in the dirt before. Uh, before going out, but yeah, Bo Jackson, my number five, like grape, Prime time. grape Welsh in the chat. He says Bo Jackson was country strong. The fuck he was, he was a beast. He was like, so people talk about like Vladimir Guerrero and the MLB being like a cow. He was raised in some farm in Canada or you know in Montreal or something. Uh, Wait, what? Uh, he's he's Dominican. Or well, I mean, say, I'm sorry. What are you talking but, about? Well, when he played for the Expos, but like he was uh, Vladimir Guerrero being thing. being yeah. raised, yeah, really. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero being raised on a farm, and that's why he's got that strength to just dig out balls when when they're down in the zone or something like that. I think Bo Jackson's got that same kind of like country strong kind of body. So, Bo Jackson, my number five. Number five. Number five. Number four. Uh, it's going to go to a guy that has embarrassed many a Buccaneers. We talked about this guy last week on the podcast uh, as one of, I think he, he was Nick's number three or number, I think he might have been Nick's number three. Uh, but if you look up this guy on YouTube, you can you can find, uh, you can put together a whole highlight reel from this guy, from him just embarrassing John Lynch and other Buccaneers. 
Uh, and I'm, of course, talking about Lions great Barry Sanders uh, coming in at number four. Uh, as far as all-time rushers, for his short career, he was number nine uh, in touchdowns at 99. And then for all-time rushing, Mr. Barry Sanders was – let's see, where does he rank? Oh, shit, he's way down there. He had such a, like, historically – I wouldn't say brief career because 10 years isn't brief. Number three. But... Actually, number three, rushing he... yards. Which is like it was just amazing with what he did with how long he was here. Yeah, yeah, and and his his short career from nineteen nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety eight to be able to to be so good at what he did and just I don't know for just I guess Nick me and you we can really he, he was our generation's greatest rusher. Yeah, I got to I got to watch him make people look dumb every weekend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just embarrass just embarrass people. Someone said, Grape Welsh in the chat said he didn't think Joe's a juicer. I disagree, but I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? So, that leaves us with my number three top running back of all time. And this guy, this guy might be my favorite running back of all time. This was the guy that I always drafted number one in fantasy. This was the guy who I always I, I always watched the Chargers because of this guy. Like I always watched them because of him because he was such a great running back. He was clearly the best for a good for a good five years. And I've already said Chargers, so you already know it's Ladanian Tomlinson. <laughs> Ladanian Tomlinson, for fuck's sakes, was I, I don't know. I just can't like you like they on, on the NFL Network. Deion Sanders used to say, "You, you just give it to you give it to twenty one. Just give it to twenty one. He'll bring it to the end zone. That's all you got to do." Ladanian Tomlinson, um, the guy. <clears throat> I tell you what, man, this guy was he was one of the best, <laughs> most prolific running backs of all time. Man, he went out there, he, <laughs> he could catch passes out of the backfield. He could catch from the quarterback. I tell you what, man, I, I, if you put if you put Ladanian Tomlinson at quarterback, I bet he could throw a touchdown pass or two. Uh, didn't he actually he did yeah well danny thomason did uh as as far the way i did this list i sort of looked at the the all-time leaders of uh, touchdowns and the all-time leader in career rushing yards ladanian thomason is second all-time in touchdowns with 145 uh in rushing yards he's fifth all-time in 13,684 so that's nothing to scoff at. The guy never won a Super Bowl. You know, he was never on a team that was good enough to bring him to the Super Bowl. He always kind of had scrubs as quarterbacks. He suffered from the Fouts syndrome. The, the Dan Fouts syndrome or the Dan Marino syndrome. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he uh, – Mr. Tomlinson never never got to the big game, always got close, and I think he was always the reason that the Chargers were, were competitive in the 2000s. But um, – Oh, he was Philip Rivers' security blanket for the little bit of his first little bit of his career. Yeah, I'd say if if you if you look from 2000 to 2010, Ladanian Tomlinson is far and above the best running back of that era of the two of uh, like he is number one all decade for the 2000s for sure without a doubt. Uh, and so maybe there's a little bias on me because you know I grew up with him. Uh, but uh, as far as my personal top ten goes, Ladainian Tomlinson number two or number three rather. Two, <laughs> number two. Speaking of number two, speaking of number two, 
My number two is a guy who I fucking don't like. Don't like this guy. Don't like him. <laughs> don't like the team he played for. Don't like what they represent. Don't like their fans. Don't like that he stuck around for so long. Don't like the stupid star in his fucking helmet. I don't like his stupid, dumb face on commercials and the way he smiles. It's so fucking dumb. Eight Pro Bowls. Uh, four times All-Pro. Three-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, knocked the Bucks out of the playoffs. I don't know how many times. A part of the triples. God damn it. It's Emmett Smith. He's number one all-time rushing yards. He just stuck around that long to be that. Yeah, he outlasted the other running Yeah, go fuck yourself, Emmett Smith. Yeah, whatever. You're the number two greatest running back of all time, according to me. But I don't I don't like it. <laughs> you sound so begrudged <laughs> to you on this. <laughs> I don't like it here, but come on. You can't, you can't deny rushing touchdowns, 164, number one all-time career, rushing yards, 1,800, 355 yards, number one all-time career, Three Super Bowls, back-to-back. I mean, what more of a pedigree do you need from a running back than that? I mean, he's arguably the greatest of all time. And I don't know what I, – uh. I mean, I can't say what he what he's done differently than anybody else, but he, he's just – he stuck around. He stayed healthy. He had a good team around him. And, you know, I, do, do you think, Nick, that the, the Cowboys could have won the Super Bowls without Emmitt Smith? Um, not all of them, but yeah, I think they could have squeezed out one Maybe of them. One, yeah, mm. yeah. Because I mean, come on, Aikman to Irvin is that's a pretty damn like good setup. Still, you gotta have someone. You gotta have someone to run the ball. Gotta have a guy to run the ball. And the Bruins just uh, they're down to uh, a one point lead there over the uh, <laughs> the, the Cats. He's, he's the pretty like, kitties. He's like a, a kid with ADD. He's like, ooh, what is it? Ooh, shiny. Well, look at the Mixer chat. So finally, number one. I mean, everybody knows this, right? Number one, number one running back of all time. It's got to be everybody's no. number one. No, I no. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Walter Payton, baby. What? Walter Payton. Copy me. I I. Look, look, if we're going to agree that Joe Montana is the number one quarterback of all time, we got to agree that Walter Payton's the number one quarterback of all time. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> going to let you finish what you're saying about Walter Payton, but I have one big glaring question for you. I'll tell you what, man. That Walter Payton, he's he defined what it was to be a uh, an NFL running back. But no, seriously. Walter Payton, he might not have the... He doesn't. He doesn't necessarily have the stats. He's number two all time in rushing yards with with sixteen hundred uh, seven hundred twenty six. Obviously, I'm pulling it off a website. He's number four all time in touchdowns with one hundred ten. He's only ever won one Super Bowl, which was the nineteen eighty five Super Bowl, which which arguably you know the Bears had their you know ridiculous Super Bowl shuffle defense. What what did they call the Bears defense back in eighty five? I don't know, but it was. It was a ridiculous team. They had the a great furry curtain. They had the furry curtain back in '85. So, like, he was on a team that 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 was one of the, a, a very complete team. But I still say that Walter Payton made what running backs are, or you know, they made running backs today what they are. That's what that's the way what you see now with the the shiftiness, the the east west running. That's Walter Payton, man. Like that's that's he he made that. He he paved the way for guys like LT and, and Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith, uh, and Sean Alexander and Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, gone are the day the days of, of of Jim Brown. 
where who just went north south and you know you, you you know that's when i look at the 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 all-time rushing yards leaders i see emmett smith walter payton barry sanders curtis martin ladanian tomlinson only at number six do i see jerome bettis who's like a north south guy the, the the entire top five are guys that are modeled after walter payton and you know, I really got to think that he just he just defined what it was to be a running back. Marshall Falk, Edron James. Uh, oh, Edron James. I forgot about him. Yeah. You know, Corey Dillon. Even, even fucking OJ Simpson, which, no, he was before. <laughs> he was before Walter Payton. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, um, yeah, that's. Frank Gore sitting there at 15th. Yeah, Frank Gore at 15. But Frank Gore, I feel like Frank Gore's like a hybrid. He's like one of those kind of, you know. Yeah, he's got some pound in him. Yeah, he's got a little bit. He's a, he's a bigger dude. He, he's got some uh, some oomph in him. I um I I like your your top because obviously it agrees with me. So of course I like it. Yeah, I had I had to kind of I had to go go outside of you. I think where, where do we overlap? Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, and Walter Payton. Yeah. But I had to put on LT and Bo Jackson because, you know. I got a question, man. What's that? Where's Jim Brown? Fuck Jim Brown. Where's Fuck that guy. See, see, the thing is, is to to some people listening to your top five would say you are extremely young. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, we got the chat asking, where's Cadillac? Cadillac Williams. <laughs> yeah, where's His Cadillac? Shoes are in the Hall of Fame. That's, Actually. Let, let that be enough. I mean, I wonder if you took, like you know, the top four, like the top, like first four games performance where he'd rank. And he'd probably be right up there. It's everything. I mean, everybody's career. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd argue, I'd try and try and find somebody who did better. What? Like per game. Yeah. Like first, first four, first four games in their career. Oh, Cadillac Williams. Oh yeah, definitely. But as far as like but Jim Brown, I think Jim Brown averaged the most yards per game out of any running back ever. Yeah, he was by not far on your top five. Yeah, because he's an he's an old school mm-hmm. guy. What did he do? He was just he just happened to be good. Fuck him. <laughs> just happened to be good. <laughs> like I can name I can name. No, look, look, I'm not I'm not trying to be an asshole here. Like I know, like Jim Brown was good. I no, mean, he's, he's really good at it. He's certainly an he's certainly an honorable mention. He was the he was uh, number, number five. Six overall and and uh, career rushing touchdowns uh what i'm saying is like there was a handful of dudes before jim brown and after jim brown who did the exact same thing that jim brown did was just like run he just did the best out of all those guys so i guess you know if we're doing the 23 skidoo top you know list of of, of running backs who won nfl championships and yeah jim brown would be on that list but my contemporary list my list my personal list this is what it is, my friend. It's not a bad. It's not a bad list. The oldest, uh, the I, oldest I had, player played in the eighties. Or yeah. I had, I had long considered uh, LT beating out Emmitt Smith, but I think I think our quarterbacks list was a little bit more. Uh, um, I don't know what you would call it. Uh, diverse as far, of in terms of in terms of. Well, I think. I think the quarterback is such a solo position, whereas, I mean, I know you need a good offensive line to be a good quarterback, but you it's all, it's a requirement to be a good running back. Right. Like, you could scramble and still be a decent quarterback. Right. With, see, with, with quarterbacks, there's things – there's such clear they're, – they're, it's so clearly defined what makes a quarterback great 
but with a running back, a wide receiver, uh, a tight end, yeah, it's numbers. It's numbers, and and it's it's well, it's sort of hard to quantify that. Well, I think when you look at LT, it's like you know you don't really judge him by he didn't win a Super Bowl, but like you look at Peyton, it was like until he got the second Super Bowl, you know, a lot of people exactly. were going, uh, well, you know, he only won one Super Bowl, like. Yep, Very still true. one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Right, but yeah, until he won that second Super Bowl, he he's, I think he cemented himself as at least number number two all time. No, number number three behind Brady, I say three. Yeah, I think Montana he's Brady. I mean, in he, my he, opinion, he Tom Brady. Tom Brady's going to go down as the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think it's just harder to do while he's still statement. playing. Yeah. It's harder to make that statement while he's still playing. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the, what the I, fact that that we're seeing that on the horizon is just even more evidence that it's more likely to happen. Because we weren't talking about. Oh, you're right. You you're know, right. But what I'm saying we'll, is, just like it's 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 easier to quantify the quarterback. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's easier to quantify the quarterbacks than it is the running backs. Running backs is kind of like, well, it's you know, you got a bunch of dudes who did the same kind of thing. I, I kind of went with guys that that changed the position or did something unique with the position. You you did forget one key piece of uh, of evidence or not evidence of uh, I guess the black glove at the Rockingham Mansion that was found next to the Bronco. <laughs> God no no I was going to oh. say more along the lines of Emmett Smith was in Little Giants. Oh you're right yeah. So, so was uh, John Madden. He's got that on his uh, resume. Oh, shit. He was an actor. He was an actor. Bo Jackson, though, he had the Bo Nose campaigns. So, <laughs> yeah. And then LT had the, the LT slide. All right, let's 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 slide on out of here. You guys want to slide on out of here? Yeah, I'm ready to slide on out okay, of here. Okay, let me just, let's hold on. Let's get some, let's get some theme music here. Oh, shit. Yeah. Here we go. What it do? What it do? My name's LT. Oh. I got a new dance for y'all. It's real easy to do. <laughs> All you gotta do is glide with it. Alright. Now let's go to the Jim Brown or the Jim Rome LT buzzer. Sorry, wow. I had to. I had to make you guys aware of that because I was personally aware of that. Oh, good. Clones. Fuck that. No, we're not doing that. Uh, please no. Clones. Wait. That, okay. Wait, if, there's, if there's another, there's another you know, radio personality I hate more than Big Dog. It's Jim Rome. The only reason if I, hate I could punch Chris Collinsworth with Jim Rome, that would be amazing. <laughs> through <laughs> through Jim Rome to Chris Collinsworth. Okay. No, like grab Jim Rome's head and then punch. Chris Collinsworth with that. Uh, so, Gio, are you doing anything website-wise? You got anywhere anybody can like check out anything that you do? or? Yeah, uh, check out rawcharge.com. Uh, we're the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, uh, site for the SB Nation network. I'm a regular writer on there as GeoFits4. Cool. Ooh, Raw Charge. I see it all the time. So, yeah, uh, raw, make sure to check out Raw Charged. Uh, if you want to check out... Uh, Anything that Nick and I do, we we do several podcasts. You can go to sharkdropper.com. There's all 10 of our podcasts there for you to listen to. And I think we're going to do like top five Pokemon soon. So there's, there's 
top five oh. podcast. Yeah, we're we're sticking to Gen One, so it's the top one fifty one. Oh, really, Gen One? Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because nobody gives a shit what happens afterwards. I don't know. I like the uh, the one. None the, of our demographic gives a shit. The chimp, what the monkey, the the fire ape, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, those That's, are all available to you on SharkDriver.com as well as all of our other podcasts. Uh, if you like what we do and you and you want to find a way to support us, to we hope that you do, and we hope that and we pray that you do. Uh, you can go to SharkDropper.com. Next to the home button, there's a Patreon button, and you can donate to get a little bit of extra content. Uh, I occasionally will throw a podcast up there that I do myself on Saturday mornings. Uh, we do a podcast called Swimming Sh- Lessons, which is a David Schwimmer podcast, which is just completely completely ridiculous, as well as some other content that's available up there. All it takes is $1 a month. That's $12 a year. It's really not much. It supports us. You get extra content, and that's how that works. And I think so that's go it. Do that. I think that's it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, uh, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, Mixler Crowd, for tuning in. We got Anthony Strike Twice TB. That was uh, one of the best Mixler chats. One of the best Mixler chats we've had in a long time. We got A, Andrew Katzman, A Katzman 83. Uh, and then Grape Welsh thirteen. I know Jared checked in as well. I think there's a couple other listeners out there who yeah. are on there who I don't know. But yeah, thank you guys for for tuning in and listening to us. And that's about it, right? Yeah, I got nothing else. All right, I'm good. All right. Uh, so for for uh, Geo Fitz, that was uh, Word of the Bay. I'm Kyle. I'm Nick, and we'll see you guys next week.